Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 442. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I have a very special guest named Allie Boone. And what I like about Allie is that she has mastered the ability to have a flexible lifestyle that she designed. She has passive income through her real estate and through her online business, enabling her to create income for herself without having to work for anyone else and with perhaps not even having to leave home. And I love that new model in this day and age I think it is the future, and I just wanted to talk about it, share it with you, show you how the possibilities are endless for creating wealth online, creating wealth through passive income, and the idea is to think outside the box, get creative, and design the lifestyle that you want. I know you're going to enjoy this interview with Allie. Here we go. I'm so excited to invite to the podcast today Allie Boone. Allie is a specialist in teaching people how to start a business with lifestyle design. I love that. Allie, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. And in support of this lifestyle design option, I actually had to set my alarm clock to wake up early for this. <laughs> so well, there you go. That's motivating <laughs> for anybody. Let's let's talk. <laughs> so Allie, tell us how did you get started in business and down this path? Well, you know, it was uh, it was not something I was necessarily planning or predicting. I so my background is aerospace engineering, and I was flying airplanes. I was doing engineering. I was doing all of this. Um, I call it the math stuff. Um, and I so when I was in grad school, I was a flight instructor, and so my office was the sky, and I could set my schedule, and it was this just amazing thing. And when I got out of grad school, I got my first engineering job. And I'll never forget the first day I walked in there, I had walked like a mile down an underground tunnel and I turned a corner to this gray cubicle and I, it was like my soul just got sucked out of my toes. It was, I was like, oh no. And it was this corporate nine to five job. And, you know, it was everything that I did not want and, but I thought I had to do and, you know, the typical story. And so for the next five years while I was working the engineering job, I was just trying to find my way out. And I, I didn't know, I didn't have a specific skill or service I could offer. I, I, I didn't know how I was going to do that. So I just started reading a lot of books and I got to the point of realizing that I either needed to start a business or do something in real estate. Those seemed to be the real estate investing. Those seemed to be the two things that could get people out of their jobs. So I studied and learned, I did workshops. I just tried everything and Long story short, I had decided to go the business route, but in a completely, I didn't even know what business I was going to start, but all of a sudden some real estate investing opportunities presented themselves. So I kind of followed those. I was just investing side time while I was still, while I still had my corporate job. And one thing led to another and I ironically ended up starting a real estate investing business. So they, they kind of unexpectedly meshed, but it was really just kind of a 
you know, I was just kind of, I was trying as hard as I could and following what presented itself to me. And I'm sure we'll talk more details of that, but that's kind of uh, how it happened. And I left my corporate engineering jobs almost six years ago. I'm coming up on the anniversary of it. Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about the real estate investing side and how that, because that must have generated the income for you to also yeah, do additional well, business. So what things. happened right? was uh, right now, as it stands, I my money comes from my business and my real estate investments. And so a lot of people get confused when I say my story because they think I left my corporate job just because of my real estate investments. And that was my goal. But I ended up quitting my job sooner than uh, I could get all enough properties to really fund my lifestyle. So I'm actually a combination of both of them. I'm business and real estate. But a lot of the real estate investing that I talk about and that I work with, it's passive income. Because if you think about this lifestyle design thing, the thing that you have to have for lifestyle design, in my opinion, is passive income. You've got to get money from not having to work or, well, that's the really fun way to say it, but you need to not have to work uh, or be physically present somewhere to earn your money. And that's the thing. That's a big confusion in real estate investing is that people kind of put aside this idea of, you know, you, you get this investment property and yes, there's a major investing component to it, but how much are you working on it? Because then you have to look at how many hours are you putting in? In my case, how much sanity are you contributing? Because a lot of that takes my sanity away too. And yeah, it's this, so this passive income idea. So the properties I work with are about as hands-off as you can get. You know, it's there's not many truly hands-off things, but I don't spend much time on my properties yet. I'm still making the money. And even the same with my business, this is the same idea is that I, like, for instance, I actually just volunteered. I did a volunteering gig for six days. Uh, I just finished a couple of days ago and I was able to do that and not check my work stuff because my employees covered it for me. So if I want to sleep in or I want to go travel for a week or whatever, like I'm set up where I don't have to be physically present in order to make the money. And that really is the crux of this whole lifestyle design thing, because then you, you create options. You get to start forming things how you want. You don't have to commute a certain place or let, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a newer concept because you don't have to be present. You don't have to commute to an office. You don't have to be in one place. It's technically all virtual assistants, but they've all been with me now for at least five of the six years, if not a little bit more. But yeah, I, they started, um, I was using just a regular virtual assistant website and I developed some amazing relationships. So I've got, uh, I've got two, one guy's in Romania, one, uh, one woman's in the Czech and then my two main girls uh, on this side are both in Texas, ironically. We just figured out about a year ago that they're only about three hours from each other, and we had no idea. <laughs> so, And then the, the company that I work with very closely, uh, they're all also remote. So once a year, we actually schedule a trip somewhere really fun to kind of get together and collaborate. And, you know, because it, it, it can get a little lonely. Just I don't talk to a lot of people all the time. So it's fun to kind of gather with everybody and connect. And then we go about our ways. It's really a boutique referral company. I used to always call myself a glorified matchmaker. I basically connect buyers and sellers for a particular kind of real estate investment. And over the years, I've come to add a second title uh, to what we do. We also serve as emotional support dogs. 
Uh, we attract a lot of newer investors. A lot of people are scared. Um, you know, it's it's a little intimidating. It's a very intimidating industry. So we kind of stay on really as a handholder. So we do the matchmaking. And then if you want us to stay in support, we hold your hand through the buying process. Even after you've bought, we're always around for support. If you have any challenges, anything goes on. So when I created the company, I tried to put kind of a smiling face, if you will, into a fairly intimidating industry. Like I just kind of, you know, raise my hand. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm just this random chick in California. I've, I've invested in stuff I like, and I feel good about, I'll tell you what it is. If you care, like that's really kind of where it started. And it's gone a long ways because a lot of people, you know, it's a hard industry to maneuver sometimes. None of my property is in California, except for one it's in Venice. And it's funny because um, so all of my out-of-state properties, and that's really what we offer and what we work with. We A lot of our clients are California folks because you can't buy for cash flow in California right now. So buying out-of-state, you can buy with lower entry prices, you can get cash flow. And the, the types of properties I work with are called turnkey rental properties. Everything's already done for you. So it, it takes a lot of the work out. It takes a lot of the risk out. And with those, I have property managers doing the landlording. So my only job with those is to manage the property managers, which I can do. Uh, I'll tell you a great lifestyle design story with those a little while later. But you know, I've always been a big preacher of I don't want to landlord my own properties because if a tenant calls and a pipe bursts, I don't want to have to be required to show up. That's that's anti lifestyle design. And so it's funny with this California property we just bought. I'm the landlord now, and I have very much been uh, validated in my ideas of landlording can be horrible. <laughs> it's like, God, you know, they, they need stuff all the time and I got to meet repairmen. And, you know, if I have one joy in life, it's sleeping in and that whole landlording thing really messed with that for a while. So it's only a mile for me. And the, it's just a duplex because it is negative cash flow. Uh, is it's going to be my long-term residence. I'm not living there right now, but while I have somewhere else to live, we're renting it out. So I figured it would, you know, for only managing two tenants, I figured it'd be fine. It's been a little more chaotic just because we had to get the back unit ready and then we had to find tenants. And now that everything's full, it should smooth out a little bit. But to be honest, it was, it's been such a good learning experience on, if on no other front, the human relations front, like, you know, I've, I met more people showing the property and then one of the tenants is a little on the higher maintenance side to put it extremely nicely. Um, you know, so it's, it's been a really good learning, but you know, I have the time and I, I have the option. So, uh, like I said, hopefully it smooths out now, but it's, it's, it's been a good experience. And, and really the only reason I did it is because I have the option. I'm like, cool. I have time on my hands. Let's try this out. It, again, part of that lifestyle design thing, you kind of get to pick and choose what you want to be involved in. So the properties that we work with, the turnkeys, they come with property management in place. I've since changed management a, a couple of times on those. Um, it, it kind of depends. The, the best way to do it is if someone, you know, is investing in the same area, always asking for referrals, that's word of mouth is fantastic, but property managers are pretty specific to their areas. So you can't always find somebody to refer you. The two managers I have covering my properties now, I actually found them on Yelp, oddly enough. Um, you know, on Yelp, a lot of management companies aren't on there, but the ones that are, both tenants are reviewing and occasionally you'll see an owner. And if tenants are hating their experience, then, you know, you might end up hating your experience also. But both of these had four and five star reviews and they've been, knock on wood, great so far. But the property management side of everything, I will say, is the most difficult. For one, 
property managers, they're either going to make or break your investment. If you have a bad property manager, you, I mean, you just better hang on for the ride, like get rid of them. And if you have a good one, life is really pretty easy peasy. So it's that of all things really, I think is the biggest uh, learning process, learning curve of just making sure you have tabs on your manager. It doesn't matter anything about it. If you have a less than excellent property manager, it's, it can get rough. Some I have on my own. Uh, the California one is a separate partner type of thing. Cause that's a whole different, uh, concept. So basically if I had 10 grand, I could get a traditional mortgage and get an amazing property. Nowadays you can't really do that, but I had my first couple sets of 10 grand and I was like, cool. Well, this will get me a couple of properties, but then I'm out of my 10 grands. Like where do I, how do I keep buying if I deplete my sets of 10 grands. And so I, uh, one of my best friends in the world, he had the 10 grands, so to speak. He was flying, doing some contract flying overseas. He had built up a huge reserve, but he didn't have time to work on properties. So we kind of formed a perfect partnership where he became the cash partner. I took the mortgage and did all the work. And to this day, we still own all of those 50-50 and I pay him uh, his chunk every month. And it's, it's really worked out great. Well, I say it's worked out great. All of those properties, because we bought literally at the perfect time, they've all doubled and tripled in value. And now I have to share all that with him. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, hmm, oh. <laughs> that's a bummer. So if you want lifestyle design, uh, number one, I work remotely. So you've kind of heard of this in the um, location independence or a location independent business. Like all I need to work is my laptop. So if I, if someone says, Hey, you want to travel? I'm like, cool. I just take my laptop with me. I can work anywhere. I can go actually later today. I'm going to my parents' house. I'm just going to take my laptop. You know, I can do anything. So that's a major part of it. And then this outsourcing thing is, and so I started doing everything on my own. And then I really kept an eye on what things would be cheaper for me to hire out than for me to sit and struggle with on my own. And my favorite example of it was it was a Friday afternoon. I had been doing my own website. And I, I swear to you, I wish I wish I had a screenshot of the old original website. In hindsight, it was so bad. At the time, I thought it was kind of cool. But it was so bad. But I was doing it on my own. And I had just met a web guy. And he was my now web guy in Romania. And we, but he hadn't really started doing anything for me. And so Friday afternoon, I had this one tiny problem and I spent, it was either seven or nine hours. And I would, you know, I come from an engineering background. Like if you give me a problem, I am going to, I really want to solve it. Like it's a personal challenge. And I spent the seven or nine hours just battling this little problem, whatever it was. And I was so frustrated by the end of it. I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I don't know if you can help me with this, but do you have any ideas, whatever? He fixed it in probably, I don't know, like a minute and a half. And at the time, he's much more expensive now, but at the time he was like $12 an hour. So I spent, I mean, it was pennies to have him fix what I had just struggled with for seven to nine hours. And that was the first time that I sat back and I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand outsourcing. Because if I just sat and stared at this one miniature problem for seven to nine hours, what other things could I have been accomplishing during this time? And so that kind of started the ball rolling. And the first two big things that I outsourced was the web stuff. And I, I keep thinking back to that original website. It's, I should have outsourced it sooner. And second was my, uh, I call her my email girl. Uh, like if you reach out on our website, you're probably going to get a response from Melissa. Melissa is like our 
the first point of contact, she filters everybody. And then the, when I end up talking to people, it's something more complex or specific or whatever. And in the first few days of my, or first few months of my business, I was emailing people 24 seven because my whole business is email and talking to people. And I just, I barely had time to eat. So those were the first two things to go. And then gradually I got a couple marketing people and then now I've got a PR guy. You know, it's, it's really, I'm a big fan of building businesses organically. So start doing everything on your own. Then you'll start to see what you need to outsource. And then you'll see what your needs are. Because I feel like when people plan too far ahead or like, oh, here's what this whole thing is going to look like. I feel like that's, that really can tank your business because you, you can't know that necessarily. Like I never knew from day to day what my company was going to turn into, what it's become today. You can offer me a million bucks to have predicted that, but it's, I just followed the pieces of it. So, uh, yeah, I outsourcing truly is my favorite topic. It's so important and it really, it's, it's going to free you up or it's going to force you to work in your business all the time. If you decide not to do it, everyone that's working with me now, they've all been with me for years. Like I really got pretty steady on that. It's kind of fun to be honest. I, I like seeing people's skill sets and all that. And it's a little bit of trial and error, but it's this whole idea, you know, thinking of the real estate, I made mistakes with property managers in the beginning. It's this whole idea of learning to manage people. Because if you're managing the thing, whether it's the property and you're having to fix toilets or it's the business and you're making your own cupcakes versus managing employees, making cupcakes, whatever it is, it's this idea of managing people. Because when you have people, that's what's going to free you up from your presence being required. So in the very beginning, I made a few mistakes with the virtual assistants, one of which was when you go on there, you can uh, create a job posting, say, hey, I need someone to do such and such and such and such. And you have the option, um, people can just come to you, they'll see your posting, or you can also shop for people and say, hey, I just created this posting. Are you interested? Does this sound like something you could do? And what I learned very quickly was that if you ask people that question, they will always say yes, because they want the job. And so I made that mistake for quite a while is people would say yes, but then they really couldn't do it. They couldn't, it, it wasn't the right fit. So now what I do, if I have to put something up is I let people come to me and I would say, I mean, this is an exaggeration, but if 50 people were to apply, I, I'm probably very quickly going to rule out, oh gosh, 40 of them. And then of those, you know, people are going to start sounding a little more coherent and then I'm going to rule out, I'm really probably going to come down to like, between one and five really legit candidates. And then from that point on, I just converse with them. And so it's not been a perfect thing, but I've, I've kind of figured out just, you know, and not, not everyone's worked out, but it's, it's, I mean, it's really, it's such a skill set and just learning what works for you and what's going to draw you to the people. But I think the biggest lesson that I've learned both with managing property managers and with the employees and by employees, minor all independent contractors, just in case there's any clarification on that, um, is seeing the red flags as soon as they start. Like everyone I have working for me now, there are no red flags, knock on wood. Um, but what I've notoriously done in the past is when the red flags start or my gut starts saying, hmm, something seems a little odd. I've, I've always been gullible, so they can kind of usually talk me out of it, but inevitably it leads to, you know, having to let them go. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a practice to be honest, but you know, it kind of goes to this whole idea of 
you're not going to nail it out perfectly the first time or maybe even the fifth time. Just it's, it's practice and learn like, okay, what went wrong there? Okay, how can I adjust for that now? And so the nice thing with the independent contractors is that they are hourly essentially. So you can kind of get rid of them at any time if you need to. And what's also nice about that particular site, and I'm sure a lot of the virtual assistant sites do, is there is a work diary. So there's a recording of their computer during the time they're working. So you can see the whole thing that they're doing or everything that they're, they're doing in the times that they say they're billing you for. So I've always kind of used that as a, not a, I don't want to say a protection, but you know, just kind of a checks and balances type of thing. And then that website issues them their 1099s and basically just charges my credit card every week, which is, I mean, it's really, really easy on the employee management side. I'll never forget. I was sitting there staring at him. He was in shorts, flip-flops. He did not have a briefcase. He had just come back from traveling somewhere internationally. He Something gave me the idea that he kind of worked his own hours. And I just was staring at him because, you know, if you think you're going into a real estate investment meeting, you're expecting suitcases, you know, suits, closed-toed shoes, something formal. And I just kept staring at him. I had no idea what he was even saying to me. And I finally said, I pointed to him and I said, okay, I... I need to know more about this. What, what What's going on here? Like, how are you just so casual on a rooftop with flip-flops? You just traveled internationally. You have your own company. You set your own hours. I was like, I need to know. I didn't even care about the real estate contract at that point. I was like, I need to know what you're doing in life. And to this day, he has been my mentor from minute one. And it's really my favorite quote is, don't take advice from people you want and trade shoes with. So... I wanted to trade shoes with him. I'm like, I want his life. And so I really, he ended up working with me over all these years and I followed in his footsteps. So I think, at least in my experience, the biggest thing that was a game changer for me was finding somebody who's already doing it and letting them help me and letting them, um, you know, I don't want to say create me, but um, help me through it all and give me ideas and give me things they had already learned. So I'm not reinventing the wheel and you know, getting into that, I think not to get all kind of woo woo sounding about it, but it's really set your intention. Like if that's what you want, make it your intention and start pursuing anything that'll help you get that. I mean, if you want lifestyle design and you haven't read the four hour work week, for example, that should be first item on your homework because Tim Ferriss really is kind of a, he coined the term lifestyle design. And I was unclear when I read his book, you know, he started a t-shirt company and then all of a sudden he's doing all these things around the world. I wasn't clear on how to get his lifestyle necessarily, but it's still an introduction into the concept. So it's, you know, it's just making yourself a to-do list. Like I want this and I'm willing to work for it and following what happens with it. I, I absolutely could see it going mainstream. You know, they have this whole culture now, digital nomads, if anyone's familiar with that term. Like, uh, yeah, this whole culture, digital nomads, uh, location-independent businesses, um, you know, with the internet and really how automated things are getting at this point, I absolutely see it picking up steam for sure. You know, and what I didn't realize, I mean, the whole thing sounded really cool. And I, I was even, when I was a kid, I hated anyone telling me what to do. I just have always been like that. So... On the surface, it seemed like a better fit for me. But what I've realized since I got into it, I mean, I can't, there's no words really to explain the level of joy of like the degrees to which it opens you up to experience life are, I've not come up with the words for it yet. It's just this like 
unbelievable thing. Because if you think about it, if you have your nine to five job that you have to show up for, not only does that take most of your day, because then you have to wake up before it and get ready. Then you go work the eight or nine hours or more. And you are restricted to where you live. Like the minute I quit my job, I moved to Venice Beach. And Venice is really hard to commute anywhere, but now it doesn't matter. So just being able to live exactly where I want to live, do exactly what I want to do. If a friend calls and says, hey, do you want to do lunch? I can say yes. It's really, I do a lot of big fun things, but it's really the small things. I mean, it just, it's just nothing I could have ever imagined. I figured it'd be fun and cool and whatever, but it just, I mean, it's almost, it's changed me as a person in a good way. And it's, it's, it really, I just can't, I, if it's even a thought in your mind, I fully encourage you to pursue it. it. I welcome anyone to reach out to me. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. My direct email is Allie, A-L-I, at hipsterinvestments.com. You can always uh, send a direct message. My company's website is hipsterinvestments.com. That's the real estate stuff. I have gotten more into the business consulting stuff, which I love, A-L-I-B-O-O-N-E.com. It's not really a fancy site, but it, it, it's there. Um, and then like Instagram and Twitter at alleyboon.com and the dot is spelled out D-O-T. And so, yeah, find me anywhere, reach out and say hi. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I just have a few post-interview comments to make. First, I want to apologize for the quality of the interview. For some reason, my questions didn't come through and so you don't hear the questions that I'm prompting Allie with, but I did get her responses and I wanted you to hear her interview. Uh, so I apologize for that. I will post the links of websites that she mentioned, upwork.com, the book link to the four hour work week, and also to her information and a link to podcast number 40 of mine, which was also about designing your own lifestyle. So I thought there was so much information in here. I still wanted to use the podcast, even though it wasn't perfect. And I, again, I apologize, but thank you, Allie, so much. You provided such great information. There was so much, it was such rich content with not only real estate, but also designing your life and creating passive income. So thank you for that. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.